0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Someday Somehow, where we learn how to dream together. I'm your host, Sarah Busis. This week we're talking to Maggie Maticek, a friend and fellow artist. And as long as I've known Maggie, which is a long time, she has been performing. She dances, she sings, she acts, she plays instruments, and she's always done this. She's always been multi-talented and multifaceted. And she can't just do everything. She does everything well. And she also lives with a beautiful openness to the world around her that I have just always admired. Um, I hope that you enjoy our conversation about dreaming in the arts and specifically in performing arts, which is something that I was excited to learn about because that is outside of my world. Um, And just talking about finding your niche within the world that you want to live in. Hope you enjoy. so exciting to finally be recording in person. I know. After many, many months. Although I guess the last episode was in person too, but I'm vaccinated and I'm feeling very strong. Me
1: too. It's so exciting. <laughs> I did my first like public outing last week. We went to a restaurant and then we went to an arcade and it was just like, oh my gosh, it was so fun and exhilarating to be like <laughs> out. It was I feel like
0: everybody feels that way right now. Like mm-hmm. everyone is like having this newfound enjoyment for all the tiny little things yeah it's I mean, kind of nice how I feel. especially because... because it's coinciding with the beginning of summer here yeah so it's like it's finally warm everybody's outside we're picnicking we're going I to the know. beach <laughs>
1: yeah it, like I feel like before the pandemic I was very burnt out and kind of jaded about like oh I have to go yeah. here I have to go there mm-hmm. uh social requirements and pressures and now I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful <laughs> to have, like,
0: anything to do. I feel like I keep, um, this is, we're totally getting ahead of ourselves here, but I keep having conversations with people about, like, that exact thing, where we're, like, excited to be doing things again, and, but we were overloaded before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, how do I, like, set those boundaries now yeah. so I don't get overla- overloaded in, like, you know, three, four months. I know.
1: I would love to find that balance.
0: I'm i like, know. how can I
1: avoid this in the yeah. future?
0: <laughs> yeah. I was talking to my roommates about it and I was like, I think I need to start being like, looking at my calendar and being like, okay, I have three days where I'm doing things next week and now I'm just going to say no to everything.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. Like I'm done. I'm it's booked. It's really hard. i I'm such, like, a yes person. I know. Um, And
0: it's really hard when you're trying to make plans with people who are busy or whatever. And you're, like, just trying to find a day. I don't know. I Mm -hmm. feel like everybody is starting to get back into, like, normal level busyness. Mm -hmm. And it was very easy to plan, like, calls during the pandemic. I'm like, just call me whenever. I'm always free. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And now suddenly I'm like, oh, no, I'm doing something that day. Oh, no, can't do it that day. I know.
1: (laughs) It's exciting and sad. (laughs) It is, Yeah, it's exactly that.
0: Um, Anyway, tell us a little bit about you and your story. And also you could say how we know each other, too, because that's a thing. Sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, (laughs) um, yeah. So Sarah and I met
0: uh, way back in third grade. Um, Oh, I love that you remember the actual year. I was thinking about it and I was like yeah a really long time ago (laughs) we were best
1: friends yeah it was (laughs) awesome it was great
0: yeah we grew
1: up playing cello together and like carpooling to cello lessons and orchestra and then we were kind of in the same friend group and I just remember it so fondly uh we were pen pals we'd like write letters back and forth we did so many fun arts and crafts and
0: yeah I feel um, like you were my like arty friend yeah and I was like Maggie's cool, she's arty, she doodles, (laughs) we doodle together. Yeah,
1: we did cello duets together just for fun because we were nerdy. Um, And then I I sadly had to go to a different school district for high school. It was heartbreaking, and uh, we kind of lost touch for a little while and then kind of reconnected at the end of college, as I feel like a lot of times people do. You kind Mm -hmm. of figure out who you are and Mm -hmm. – make different friends or in my case, just like hibernate and (laughs) hang out with no one. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And so it's been really cool to be able to reconnect with you. And like, I don't know, I feel like we're all both kind of the same person at heart, um, but just older. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it was really cool. I felt like we both were really creative together growing up and we found that in different disciplines like with you with mm-hmm. visual art and me with music mm-hmm. but definitely shared that passion for creating art mm-hmm. um and yeah so I, I kind of made a decision but when I was like 11 I was like yep I'm doing this this is what I'm gonna do I want to perform I want to do music <laughs> um and kind of never like doubted that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just obsessed with it. I loved every part of it. I initially was like, I'm going to be a Broadway star. Like I want to do musical theater mm-hmm. because that's what I knew. That was yeah. what was available to me. Um, but then when I went to college, I kind of had like a crazy high school career because like many people, I discovered anxiety and depression and mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, f- friends issues and bullying. And there are a few people in my um, school that committed suicide. And it's just a rude awakening, I think, yeah. <laughs> going through adolescence and high school. And um, yeah, during that time, I uh, started drinking and and really just struggling and not knowing who I was um, and finding different ways to cope. I just didn't know mm-hmm. how to handle all those emotions. Um, so at my senior year of high school, I went to treatment. And that was a really big sort of turning point in my life because Mm -hmm. one, I got sober. So I'm seven years sober now and or a half now, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, and I met this kind of cute guy. Um,
0: (laughs) I remember hearing
1: about this and being like, Oh no, I know exactly. That's what everyone was like. (laughs) Oh no.
0: Hilarious. 100% are like just,
1: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Totally against the rules. Not a good idea. Do not suggest it, (laughs) especially when you're 17. Mm -hmm. Um, But despite all that, we met and just were like, oh my gosh, like, you're my, like, perfect friend. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, like, totally connected on Mm -hmm. so many levels. And also, I think we could relate to some of each other's, like, traumas and depression. And um, I just fell in love with his family, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was a pretty big driving force to deciding to go to the U of M. I was just so checked out my senior year of high school. I did apply to schools, but I didn't I was sort of obviously struggling and just kind of doing it by obligation. Mm-hmm. And I was accepted to some schools out east, but I kind of decided I was like, no, I'm in love. like I want to like stay here. <laughs> um, and I was also like three months sober and I just didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on. Mm-hmm. So ultimately I went to the U of M, University of Minnesota, Um, and applied for music once I was there. Yeah. I, um, and I just kind of like, I call it my hibernation period because I was in the dorms. I signed up for quote unquote sober housing and I was the only one that signed up. So there was no sober housing besides me.
0: Oh my gosh. I know. Um, so we definitely had sober housing and there were people in it.
1: Yeah. It was just me. Wow. Um, and I went to like an AA meeting on campus Mm -hmm. and everyone was, like faculty or Mm -hmm. professional students and like I was like what the (laughs) like I feel so alone um so I basically kind of lived at um Josh's mom's house yeah you know like I would go over there and take the bus to school and pretty much it was just me and and Josh and Josh's mom (laughs) and we kind of created our own little family and for like a a year or two that's kind of all I did and slowly Mm -hmm. I kind of gained my confidence on how to, how do I make friends in college without partying and, um, like who I wanted to be as a sober person and what type of friends I wanted to have. Um, you know, genuine friends that cared about me and Mm -hmm. not just, you know, like fair weather friends. And, um, yeah, just kind of became my own person. And, um, it was really, ultimately, I think a really great experience and growing experience to Mm -hmm. be who I am now. Um, so I, I graduated and, and took a couple of years off, and now I'm still. I, I found opera in, in undergrad and, and decided that that was kind of the path I wanted to do,
0: um, because I was honestly <laughs> How do just you like find opera. Yeah, you just have to. You're like st- sing one piece, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> well.
1: In high school, I I started taking voice lessons, and mm-hmm. I my choir teacher. Recommended this voice teacher. She's like, if you really want to do this seriously, I really think you should go see this lady. Mm -hmm. She's the real deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And she kind of introduced me to classical music. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you're going to do this competition and you're going to learn this piece. And I was like, okay. You know, I loved it so much. I kind of just didn't care. I was just like, yeah, like if this is what, if this is what I need to do to quote unquote make it, then I'll do it. I was like very into that. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And then, I definitely went to a cello teacher like that. Yeah, like they were like, "Go to this guy if you want to do this." Mm-hmm. And I went to I had went I had one lesson with him, like a practice lesson, and I was like, "No, I don't want to do this." <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> Which go. I'm grateful way. for now, but at the yeah. time I was like, "Yes." And then I met with him, and I was like, "Never mind."
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I really liked it, but I, I yeah, I don't know. I just. When I went to college, I didn't really know which discipline. I loved Mm -hmm. so many things. I was definitely Mm -hmm. a generalist. I was in orchestra. I was in choir. I was doing classical voice. I was in the drama club doing all the Mm -hmm. musicals.
0: I even did straight plays. I loved it all. And I didn't really know which thing I wanted to do. Here's the thing about you is that you're amazing at everything. (laughs) Oh, Stop. (laughs) Truly, I am just like, well, you just are good at all the things. Like, anything that you put your hand to, you can be really great at. So I'm like, it's not surprising to me that you were just, like, doing all the things. What was it like to, like, find the one thing, though, that you wanted to, like, really, really dive into?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. That's very nice. (laughs) But (laughs) I think, um, ultimately, I just wanted it so badly that I was like, whatever discipline it is that I am successful in or that people Mm -hmm. think I would be the best at is what I want to do because I just like music so much and I like performing so much that it's just like I want to do it no matter what it takes yeah um and I really didn't have a lot of confidence in myself I just kind of operated with the idea that it was I was gonna come to a point where they were going to be like, nope, sorry, you're not good enough. Or I would burn out and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's all anyone ever tells you in yeah. the creative arts is, "Yeah, like, <laughs> good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, you're going to, like, burn out or you won't be good enough. Like, there's always someone better than you. And I really took that to heart. Mm. So I always operated with the assumption that there was going to come a time where I wouldn't yeah. – it would be over, kind of. And so – I think that that helped me in a certain sense because I always sort of went with a humility and like I have to work really freaking hard and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But also yeah. at the same time, I didn't have confidence or any sort of sense of self-worth. Yeah. Um,
0: do you think there's a better way for us to like talk to young creatives as yeah. young creatives? But, <laughs> but I do wonder about that because there is a lot of like rhetoric that's like, you so few make it, you know, like you have to be a genius basically to make it, especially mm-hmm. in like visual and, you know, contemporary art practice. Yeah. And I don't, there's a lot of working artists in the world. And, I know. you know, not everybody's going to be like a household name, but oh my gosh, it is a really <laughs> like, hard. How many geniuses are we discouraging? Because we're telling them that yeah. they have to be a genius.
1: Well, and it also like, makes the artists that we do have really like unhappy with themselves you know like it's like yeah you're (laughs) successful but you hate everything you do and you're yeah you know not very happy Mm -hmm. um yeah that's really hard because I think it it, it was helpful to me to realize this isn't going to be lovely you're not going to just make it like you do realize you're yeah. not going to have money. You know, yeah. as a person that was fortunate to grow up in a middle-class family, mm-hmm. you don't really comprehend what that means. Right. You're like, well, aren't housing and food and Those comfort there. a given? Yeah. <laughs> so why can't I be an artist, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but so I think in some sense that was good for me to hear, mm-hmm. um, to sort of bring me back down to earth and recognize my privilege. Um, and... I think the really important part that I've been learning is we as a society kind of place this value on just all or nothing like you're either Mm. an artist and you're making it full-time you're touring you're Mm -hmm. x you've performed at xyz theater you've you've got a paycheck and you're not doing anything else that's making it and anything in between that is a you're failing you're not an artist you're not an artist yeah Ugh. and that's such a like mm-hmm. damaging yeah like because honestly it, you <laughs> there are so many other ways to like contribute to the art to being a musician and being an artist yeah besides that mm-hmm. um and it's not realistic in today's economy. Like, it's such the it's minority. Like, you right. could be the most talented person and just yeah. not make it work. Yeah. It also comes down to if you want to have a family
0: mm-hmm. and
1: if you want to have a home. Like, mm-hmm. if you're making that much money, you're never going to be home. You're going to be traveling. Yeah. And I kind of really struggled with that in undergrad. Yeah once I kind of learned from my teachers, I was both happy and terrified when they were like, yeah, like go for it, you know, go to grad school, go, you could maybe be successful. I was like, wait, really? I, I didn't ever think past this. I thought this was the end, you know? Um, because I had, you know, Josh and my family and I really wanted to be there to take care of my sister and Mm -hmm. my family is really important. And I knew I wanted to have a family and I do well with, like, having my home and my nest. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I just didn't know if I could do it. I was like, well, it was very black and white because that's all that had ever been taught Mm. to me was you're either a traveling nomad, like, doing that forever and only that and you're alone. Yeah. Or you choose this home life where you basically become a teacher or get a day job and you're you're a sellout and you're yeah. not real. Washed up. Yeah you're wa- yeah washed up um and I knew I wanted a family. Like, a full of successful
0: artists. Yeah exactly. That's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah so after
1: I graduated I met this teacher who I'm still working with and she kind of helped me understand that th- those aren't the only two options. Yeah. There is this in between and I did a lot of like sort of testing the waters in different lifestyles and kind of deciding what it was I wanted Mm -hmm. Um, and whether I wanted to continue pursuing, you know, the career Mm -hmm. full-time. And I really needed that because I Mm -hmm. think going in school, it's definitely a bubble. You're very much not exposed to the real-life realities of being an artist. It's just kind of this
0: idealistic Situation, um, yeah, which is why it's kind of magical too. Yeah, exactly. Because you get to do all the things that are like dream world projects, and right, you just get to invest in whatever you want to invest in. You get to be like very selfish and kind mm-hmm. of a good way, like mm-hmm. do projects you're passionate about. Yeah, and then that's a thing, another though. reality
1: after school. That's the thing. Yeah, I think that that's what I would change about. Uh education of like I- encouraging young creatives is encourage them and educate them about what that entails. Like we learn in home Act, like, Oh, this is how to write a check. This is what taxes <laughs> are, you know, but like nobody says like, this is what it means to be a freelance artist. Oh my
0: gosh. Like, yeah. Like he- professional practices. Yeah. Like here's
1: how you yeah. do your resume. Here's what a, a date, what it would look like to do this day to day, Here's what,
0: here's how to write a grant. Here's how to yeah. apply for a residency. Here's how to
1: yeah. Because yeah, all you get up until like literally after your bachelor's degree. Mhm. Actually, there there is, it doesn't really exist in education yeah. for art. Yeah. Any sort of knowledge about that?
0: Yeah, we had like teeny bits that was like woven into our like big design classes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: especially as we got to like higher level design classes, but yeah. Nothing.
1: Yeah. The first time I enough. learned about that stuff was, like, at a summer program. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, here's how you would do your taxes. Here's what it would mean to get an agent. This is... And I was like, are you Whoa. kidding me? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I think that if I had learned some of that in high school, mm-hmm. I would have had more of a firm grasp on what it meant. And yeah. And would maybe... Be more well informed. Yeah. And it would just be a supportive way to help me understand on my own what mm-hmm. it entailed rather than people being like, yeah, it's really hard. Good
0: <laughs> luck. That's not <laughs> helpful. <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah. It's like general statements, not so helpful. Specific information could be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> shocking. That's a shocking, uh, <laughs> yeah. Revelation. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely
1: it is a lifestyle and also I think that it's I would really like to like learn how to make it not your identity like you can be yeah. an artist and not have to be like I'm an artist and that's all I am Like you could be like I also like gardening and camping and my cats and my family and <laughs> it seems like it's kind of looked down upon like you're yeah. not like legit you're
0: not committed if you have those other
1: things because mm-hmm. that's the saying is like if there's anything else you could imagine yourself doing then you shouldn't be doing it because it's so hard and difficult yeah. and painful. And I, I, I disagree with that. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So what is like now that you can have seen like the middle option door number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think that looks like? Like, what are you dreaming about for your future now that you have more context?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I still have that same <laughs> sense of self-doubt and kind of being yeah. like, okay, when is this gonna be over for me? When am I gonna hit the wall mm-hmm. and be like, yep, yeah, you're not good enough, everyone's past you. Mm-hmm. Um But I have sort of made the decision that I wanna continue. I don't wanna be like dominated by that fear and not oh. continue just because I want financial stability and all these things, and I yeah. have learned that my partner Josh is super awesome. And I was sort of convinced that it was like either choose music or him, and he would just break up with me if I like. Oh wow! You know, yeah. He never indicated that, but I was yeah. just convinced. I was like, well, you if just I'm an act, accent- this world. Yeah, and <laughs> exactly. And he's like, no, like I'll like go for it, you know. Yeah. Um. So I I did uh, apply to grad school. And I will be mm-hmm. going to grad school in the fall. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'll move with you. Sure. And I was like, wait, really? Like, <laughs> that's a thing? Um, you guys have only been together for like, what, seven years? Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You can tell my my sense of self-worth and <laughs> confidence is really high. Um, so it, it helps with managing my expectations, but it also is not super great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. We're going to be moving to Boston in the fall, and I'm mm-hmm. going to be kind of pursuing my vocal career in classical voice, which is really exciting and really scary, and I, I do hope to apply for sort of the next stage, and that would be Young Artist Programs, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where you work with the opera companies, mm-hmm. kind of on stipend pay. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. internship. Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. yep, um, Yeah, and it's really competitive um mm-hmm. so that's kind of the next phase where i'd be like okay well i'm either gonna make it or i don't but
0: how many <laughs> like companies are there in the u.s do you know
1: that's a good question i mean like thousands hundreds like yeah so many
0: okay you kind
1: of think like, of the it's opera just like as like one
0: of those things that's like oh people still do that People still go to that but i mean i know about like minnesota opera and mm-hmm. i know nothing about opera
1: yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, you think of opera as like this dying genre, and it is, Uh, but (laughs) then you get into the world and it's like, oh, there's still crazy competition. You know, I did my first round of sort of legit auditions right before COVID and I kind of flew around and did auditions and I was just flabbergasted by the process. Like you Mm -hmm. pay, it's also very Privileged white-dominated genre, yeah. Because a lot of it is based on there's these paywalls. You know, you mm-hmm. have to pay thousands of dollars for all these lessons and training. Yep. And then they don't. They'll throw your resume out if they don't see you've got a nice degree or mm-hmm. you know this training. You got to pay forty-five to one hundred and fifty dollars to apply.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: send in your videos of you singing, which you have to pay a pianist for. You mm-hmm. got to pay for recording, and then. They you know say they have a thousand applicants yeah. they'll pick uh you know three hundred and sixty of them for the next round okay um for a live audition okay and then you fly you pay for a ticket to New York or Chicago <laughs> uh-huh. and you go for the thirty second audition uh pay for a hotel wow. you know and then they pick maybe twenty of wow. those um <laughs> so I was really excited just to like make it to the auditions for a couple of yeah. places. I flew to like eight different places. And so I applied to 18 places, had like 11 auditions and I got two programs and okay. they were kind of the crappiest of the ones there. Literally, <laughs> I not only did I like, I had to pay to be in them. It wasn't like it was free or I was getting paid. Like I literally had to pay. Yeah. Um, yep.
0: <laughs> so love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Don't it's, love that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so I definitely recognize part of it is talent. Part of it is luck. And a big part of it yeah. is privilege. Performers themselves have been starting to hold companies accountable. Yeah. That's something that I really questioned. I, I did do sort of a, a program I was going to attend was Miami Classical Music Festival. And it ended up obviously being canceled because of COVID. But I attended virtually. Mm -hmm. some of they had like a modified program and one of the things i really struggled with and wanted to talk about because i was in the program in june right Mm -hmm. when the george floyd incidents and protests were happening was i feel like i have so little agency as a performer
0: yeah
1: because there's always going to be another one of me that's better
0: yeah that's
1: prettier that has more stuff on their resume more money everything So anything you do will be the reason they weed you out. So people feel like they can't speak up for themselves when it comes to pay, when it comes to sexual assault, when it comes to things they see happening to their peers. Mm -hmm. Um, So how on earth are you supposed to sort of advocate for a better environment? Right. um,
0: Without... When you're just like, replaceable. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And... It's not really an easily answered question, but yeah. some of the things I did come up with was, you know, I can control where I apply.
0: Yeah.
1: I can control um, my actions in productions mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: and what I say, mm-hmm. and I can control what type of roles I accept. You know, yeah. in the past, like Madama Butterfly, which uh, highlights a an Asian woman's experience, is really often played by a white woman. Yeah. uh, And it really matters more about their voice type. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I can say, I'm not going to accept those roles that aren't appropriate for my (laughs) race, you know? Right. Um, And that's kind of what I can do in my personal artistic endeavors. I can choose to do, use my music for activism, even if that doesn't mean that the shows I'm going to be in are going to be. Yeah. But it still doesn't really feel like a super satisfying answer.
0: Yeah, but I think it's a real answer because I think a lot of people feel that way no matter what like sphere they're in yeah and you really can only do what like you can do what you have influence over and then as your like life changes your role changes whatever you go up the ladder down the ladder Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you get to keep that as a priority right right that you're gonna strive for equality and hire diversely and all of these things and and yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good place to start. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. There's a lot of personal responsibility
0: mm-hmm. that
1: we have as artists mm-hmm. that I don't think we always take on because yeah. of the sort of cutthroat atmosphere. Yeah. We kind of, like, take like in on this. to
0: the top. Yeah,
1: like, <laughs> uh, desire to please yeah. and get the job. Yeah. And so we're willing to kind of sell out or kind of be like, I'm going to do my own thing and just do the sort of underground scene. But how much impact does that make? Yeah. Um,
0: That's interesting.
1: I don't know. I don't know the right answer though.
0: I don't know either. Yeah. (laughs) It's good questions though. Like these are the questions I think a lot of young creative people are talking about Mm -hmm. because there's this whole generation that sees how gross Things have been and is saying we're not we're not gonna run things like that you know
1: yeah yeah <laughs> at least
0: I hope so I hope so too. that's the hope and the prayer yeah yeah
1: it sucks that something that brings people so much joy like I know selfishly music has been
0: mm-hmm.
1: something that makes me so happy and I yeah. love it so much yeah. and it I can't imagine doing anything else it really sucks that It's surrounded by this really fraught political climate and, and discrimination and, and sort of all these really barriers that make it not accessible to everyone. It is really exciting. To just be in a place where I do have a good chunk of my life ahead of me to be able to Mm -hmm. hopefully experience more experiences and hopefully continue to instill in myself sort of self-worth and that if I ever do make a decision to say, hey, I'm going to get a day job and do this after work or, you know, Mm -hmm. on the side, that doesn't make me any less of a musician. Yeah. Yeah. And my value isn't tied to it. It's literally only because I love it. And if it gets to a point where I'm not enjoying it, because I'm never going to reach the quote unquote success that I expect or think none of us are. Yeah. So if I'm not enjoying the process of doing it, then that's kind of the sign (laughs) to say, okay, I'm going to step away because, uh, yeah doing it professionally or trying to do it professionally can really ruin it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think weirdly that's how I felt about cello. Like yeah. after high school I was like, I am like resenting this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not enjoying it anymore. And like I was considering trying to do cello mm-hmm. music um, in like further study. And I was like, no I can't do this like I will hate it yeah <laughs> and now I love it because there's no pressure on it yeah and it gets to be this just like joyful thing for me mm-hmm. which I don't play my cello that often anymore but <laughs> yeah me
1: neither how How do you feel about like visual art because I know that is more of a stream of income for you it's something you're more seriously pursuing um
0: yeah I think I feel much more, like, even if I wasn't trying to do this, quote-unquote, professionally, like, I would still have to do it, like, Mm -hmm. it's just such a huge part of, like, my my makeup, you know, like, the way that I function, the way that I process life around me, Mm -hmm. and the world around me is through that avenue, so... I just I don't know if I could turn it off. And so yeah. As much as like sometimes it does get annoying, I love that I I love that I have another job. Yeah. That I can be like, okay, we can take the pressure off of visual art for a minute. Yeah. And focus on something else. And then when I start to feel like I'm going crazy because I'm not working on things or not making things. Yeah. Then we'll turn our attention back to that.
1: That's such a good point
0: that I think
1: having breaks and uh some pressure off can make you yeah. so much better. Yeah. Uh and I think that's actually one of the reasons why cello wasn't my calling because as a string player or like a pianist you have to practice like so many hours.
0: I know. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like 4 hours a day. I was like that's yeah. not happening.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I did not have the discipline or concentration no. for it or the passion. Um, Yeah. And that's one of the beautiful things about voice is your voice gets tired. Like you really, to be healthy, can't go past like 90 minutes. And even Mm -hmm. that's kind of pushing it. So it really requires you to say, okay, I'm going to put in my really focused practice, but I cannot spend my whole day being consumed by this. Of course, there's other things you can do, (laughs) like studying your music and whatever. But it puts a limit on it. Yeah. And it's kind of freeing because... Yeah. Having that pressure to be doing it 100% of the time
0: mm-hmm. can
1: really burn you out. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It's all about being able to, like, in- communicate a story, right? Yeah. Or an experience. Yeah. And they're all about life. So if you're not experiencing life, what do you True. have to, like,
0: communicate? <laughs> This is what I love about, like, going to middle school musicals, and Mm -hmm. maybe I'm recognizing this as an adult, but I remember going to musicals in, like, middle school, because you were always in them. Mm -hmm. All of our friends were in them, except me. And it's, like, all of these, not adult themes, but, you know, singing about love and heartbreak and all that stuff, and I'm like... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> these kids have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Which Oliver why it's so when there's uncomfortable the uncomfortable and amazing. Yeah, but it's like a,
1: a prostitute an oh, Oliver, yeah. and all of like you were all. Oliver. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah, it is bizarre. <laughs> but in some ways, like I feel like when you watch a thirteen-year-old they are like I love this I'm doing this it's like the most genuine performance because they channel everything they have all the angst into it (laughs) and there's no no, uh like concern about oh am I following all the proper conventions and what does this agent think and do I sound right you know it's none of that it's just like this is this is it, you know, and I've made it. I've arrived. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think in some ways it's like probably the most like genuine, (laughs) accurate performances. Yeah.
0: What is something that you wish that you were doing, but you aren't?
1: One of the things I wish I was doing was just in general, being kinder to myself. I think I kind of touched on this before, but I put a lot of pressure on myself to very goal oriented Mm -hmm. and that makes me successful sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I also think it contributes to a lot of my like downfalls and character defects both in my life and also Mm -hmm. in my career Mm -hmm. um because a lot of what you need to do as an artist is sell what I have to offer and right now or sometimes I don't always feel like I know what I have to offer because I'm Mm. constantly trying to listen and learn and I don't necessarily have a confident viewpoint on what it means to be as an artist and is that good enough and you know yeah um and so that can make me not do a good job. And also in my personal life,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: make me a good friend or have good mental health because I don't value or recognize what I have to offer. Mm.
0: Um,
1: yeah. And uh, like last a couple of weeks ago, I had um, being a newly vaccinated lady. I had some people over <laughs> And I was so stressed because it had been forever. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to do such a good job. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we were going to grill outside and then it was raining. And then I was like, well, it's okay. We can go, like, in the party room. And then the party room was locked. And I was like, oh, my God, they have to go in my tiny apartment. They're going to be so, like, angry at me for not planning ahead and... You know, I was just, like, losing my mind. Uh, and the silly thing, it was, like, family. You know, yeah. they don't care. Yeah, But I was losing my mind over it. And Josh finally pulled me aside and he was like, I'm sorry you're feeling this way. Like, it's going to be okay, but I- I'm going to tell you something you want to hear. But you're the reason this is uncomfortable mm-hmm. Because you're so stressed out and we're all worried about you. Mm. Not any of the external circumstances that, like, it's raining or that your yeah. apartment is small or you're doing a bad job hosting. Yeah. It's your attitude and you're, like, self-beating self, self beating yourself up. Yeah. Uh, and that was, like, a really hard pill to swallow. I was like, oh, that's, that would be something I can fix and is in my control. Like, I can just <laughs> give myself a break and I will be a lot more pleasant to be around. Yeah. Uh, So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. (laughs) Um, And I think would definitely make myself a better person all around. Yeah. And would make me enjoy life a lot more.
0: Yeah. It's always the things that nobody else is thinking about that you're, like, beating yourself up about. Yeah. that's I feel like that's the biggest thing I've learned. It's like nobody else is thinking about that actually. (laughs) Mm. And maybe it would empower me to do more
1: things for fun because I wouldn't Mm. think, oh, I have to be really good at it in order to do it. You know? Yeah. I, I let my cello like gather dust for so long because I was like, I'm not good anymore. I can't play for real. So I might as well not do it. (laughs) I feel that. Yeah. (laughs) I am
0: not good anymore. Yeah. But it's still fun. I will tell you that because, because there's no pressure anymore. Like, if you're playing something and you just keep messing up, you just can ignore it. And you're like, oh, well, I'm going to put <laughs> like this away. Like, I don't have to do drills on this yeah. to get this shift perfect. I can just keep going. Exactly. <laughs> just ignore that part.
1: Yeah, it was a huge step. I, I did this year go and get my cello fixed yeah. up and started playing again. And mm-hmm. once I got over the initial, like, oh, my God, I suck. I was like, no, this is nice. It's fun. Uh, yeah, and that was a big step for me yeah.
0: <laughs> we should do duets sometime
1: oh my gosh I would love that that
0: would be so fun so fun again for listening to this episode of the someday somehow i hope that you enjoyed my conversation with maggie and that it brought some joy and fondness towards childhood friendship which is exactly what it did for me <laughs> um, as always i want to thank trevor ransom for the use of his song cambridge 2018 um, our next episode will be out in two weeks on June 4th. So look for that. I'm really, really excited about our next guest, Um, but I'm going to leave it a surprise. (laughs) As always, thanks for tuning in to the Someday Somehow, and thanks for catching me.